Hello, and welcome to another episode of Insights. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week in Health IT, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Our hope is that these episodes serve as a resource for the advancement of your career and the continued success of your team. Now on to the show. Today on Insights, we go back to a conversation host Bill Russell had with Karen Horgan, the CEO of Val Health. The topic of discussion was the role of behavioral economics in helping people forming healthy habits. And Bill asks Karen what behavioral economics is really all about. This is one of those topics I've always wanted to talk about. And as we were talking about earlier, until you can get me to stop going to McDonald's, I'm going to be a, a, a health risk, right? And that's what behavioral economics is really about changing behaviors. Give us an idea of what behavioral economics is and what your firm does. Great. I will tackle that. And afterwards, we can have a longer conversation about McDonald's and how to drive your specific <laughs> behaviors. And we, we can create a whole plan for you. Anyway, behavioral economics is a science of understanding that humans are irrational. We have biases to the present, which is why we eat the chocolate cake when it comes around on a dessert tray. We have aversion to loss and regret. That's why we hold on to houses or stocks that we should be selling off. We overweight probabilities and spend over $70 billion a year on lotteries. So behavioral economics is that science that we now understand how humans are going to behave. And rather than trying to get people to not behave that way, what we can do in healthcare is acknowledge those irrationalities and decision biases and incorporate them to drive specific behavior changes. So are you saying we're, we're predictable in our irrational behavior? Is that what you're that saying? Is, I, I'm saying that, yes. And so we know that we have certain tools in our arsenal that if you make the right path, the easy path, because we're lazy, we're going to stick with the default. How many times do you binge on Netflix? Because they just give you six seconds to roll right into the next episode. We know that we're social beings, especially during COVID. We've all seen this, that we like to do what others are doing and we like them to see what we're doing. And we model our behavior after them. So let's use that to our advantage and good. Let's not be like the gambling company. Let's not be like McDonald's to try and get people to eat, supersize your French fries and try and use it for our good. So talk to me about social media tools. So TikTok's in the news right now being bought by Oracle, an acquisition I do not understand and cannot explain I'm to anyone who, who's asked me. But you have, your, you have TikTok, you have Facebook, you have LinkedIn. And, and it's funny because every week my phone sort of shows me, hey, this is how much time you've engaged with your phone. And it just cracks me up because I think I'm cutting back, I'm cutting back. And every week it goes up a little bit. They know how to get me hooked into scrolling through the entire feed or watching these videos, even though it's a waste of time. And you touched on Netflix a little bit there. Can we do that same thing in health? Can we ever get to that point where it becomes a habit forming thing where I'm exercising and I'm dieting and, and all those things? So I'm going to take maybe a controversial statement on that. I actually think we want to get to the point where you don't have to be thinking about your health, but you're actively doing that. So let's take exercise off the table for this part of the conversation. But if we want people to be tracking their blood sugar or checking their, their blood pressure and all of the things that go into managing chronic conditions, there's a concept that Dr. David Ash and my co-founders coined called automated hovering. How can we use technology to take away steps that we're asking people to do? Can you wear one of these kind of trackers that I've got on my wrist that will tell me if my blood pressure gets too high? Or are there ways that you can track my blood sugar if I'm diabetic without me having to think about it? And you only alert me to when I need to know. So that way I can live my life with my chronic condition and you're 
using technology in a way to proactively tell me. And then there's the designing for exercise. There's also things such as if you've got diabetes and you want to eat the pizza, go eat the pizza. And they're going to tell you, if you eat that pizza, go for a 15-minute walk after to counter it. And you might be willing to do that because you're like, okay, I really want to eat that pizza. I can go for a 15-minute walk. And so it's breaking it down into bite-sized pieces that can help nudge and create new habits. This is one of those, Bill Russell, just asking a question because I'm curious. Wait, I've seen health systems who like hand out tools. They like give them away. Yeah. Is there something about investing in the tools that when people actually have paid money for a Fitbit or whatever, that they're more prone to, to use them? The, the short answer, I don't have data behind this. I like to qualify because I'm a very data-driven person. You're more likely to start using it but it doesn't mean that you're going to stay engaged. Intrinsic motivation. And if I go spend money on my Fitbit, it shows up. I've already exhibited the fact that I'm interested in using it because I've gone and purchased it and it shows up great. You're hitting on an interesting point that if my health plan just sends me something, I never asked for it. I might not even open the box. I'm not intrinsically motivated. And so I might not use it. The longer term implications are very could end up being the same. But if you actually spend the money, you're more likely to start using it. And we actually work with a lot of uh, health plans who do send these remote monitoring devices to people, or even in COVID, trying to get people to do uh, close gaps at home and send the kit back. How do you actually get people to follow through when they never ask for it? I want to thank Tracy for another great episode. If you have feedback regarding the content and materials that you just heard and would like to help us to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward, please send us a note at hello at thisweekinhealthit.com. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.